You're listening to the Power of Video podcast, episode number 66. Today, you're going to see a peek behind the curtain of what it's like after podcasting for an entire year. Today's guest is going to share all his tips and tricks, all of his mistakes, and all of his lessons learned. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by cinematographer, content creator, and what I would deem the lord of sarcasm all the way from London, England, Ryan Say. What's going on, buddy? Oh, yeah, everything's great. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I'd get that sarcasm out of the way and, you know, (laughs) just, uh, yeah, no, sorry. Everything's great. It is really, it's, it's great. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, it's great uh, to talk to you as well, man. Well, for the people who don't know who you are and what you do, what who are you and what do you do? <laughs> oh, this is, that's such an interesting question because I'm, I'm sort of transitioning at the moment with everything. But uh, to summarize it, I'm basically a videographer. I think that's probably the best way to uh, to put it because, um, well, I, I can do everything from editing, uh, directing, cinematography to a certain extent, audio, and then i you know, I do a lot of corporate work uh, for, you know, companies, promote promo videos, internal videos, that kind of stuff. And then I obviously do a lot for online entrepreneurs. Uh, well, you know, like the likes of James mm-hmm. Wedmore and various others, you know, I've done video series for those and, you know, work on projects back to front. So yeah, I do, I do a little bit of everything really in, in terms of video, but I'm trying now to hone that down to like really... <laughs> you know what are you doing uh because it's so everyone can do video now so it's really hard to differentiate differentiate and you mentioned transitioning i know like your main work is with video directing and editing kind of like what you said but what are you transitioning to uh well what i'm trying to figure out at the moment is i i I, i'm loath to use the word but niche or niche (laughs) wherever you depending where you're coming from so uh, yeah, it's just trying to hone down what you're what you're selling, essentially, really, because um, at the moment I can sort of do a bit of everything, and I think uh, what I've found in the past is that actually confuses people, because a lot of the time when you hear the word videographer, people automatically, and I've had this from clients, they say they think wedding videographer. That's for my for my experience what most people think when you say videographer and it's that's not the case it's like you're you know you're an editor you you do pre pre production post production. You know, you're running a crew at times and then you're, you know, editing, dealing with the client on the daily or, you know, throughout the whole project. And then you're also usually giving some kind of advice into, well, where the hell is that video going to go? What are you going to do with that video? What kind of things can you do with that video? And so that is kind of where I sit in terms of videography, which is like huge. And it's probably Mm. far too much work. (laughs) Yeah, people like, oh, uh, so you do... Yeah, they're like, oh, so you do videos, so that must mean you do photo as well. So when you're shooting the video, can you like take photos while you're shooting video, right? No extra charge, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, you can, (laughs) but uh, well, that's the. It depends what they want out of it, really. Um, Yeah, and it's like trying to get your trying to get be clear with it and and exactly what a client wants, because you know some stuff you can actually just shoot with your iPhone. To be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. and other stuff is like you know it can take a month to do some of the projects I've done, maybe two months because they're like eight, you know, eight or ten episodes worth of like quite you know business industry heavy content, which is like you have to work with different people to get all the scripting right, and you know. But I, I ultimately, I think directing is probably where I want to be. I know your main 
I guess, niche and everything is videography and trying to find your space in that niche. Um, and you also dabbled into podcasting as well. And I'm curious to hear how that went and what your journey was like. Well, it was an interesting one because basically, obviously, the pandemic happened. And we, I, I assume it was the same in the States where you guys are, mm -hmm. that, you know, it just got to a point where it was like, oh, you guys have all got to stay at home. That's it. You know, there's no more going out or oh, it's very limited. And so obviously for me and my friend Dylan, who I did the podcast with, um, we literally had nothing better to do. So we decided, because uh, we chat on the phone every day for about an hour, you know, so we thought, well, why not just put it into podcast mode? Uh, and then we can do a video podcast because it seemed quite popular at the time. And we literally had nothing better to do. And so we thought it'd be good practice uh, to do it. And also we got given these um, MK4 digital mic. Uh, we also got given these MK4 digital microphones by Sennheiser and we'd not used them yet on anything. So we thought, well, you know, what we'll do is we'll just record into the computer because they're USB. They're not uh, XLR. We'll just record into the computer and we'll just do do a podcast and and see what happens so we decided to do one every day uh i think and in the end i think on the first season if you want to call it that we did like uh 65 episodes i think it was 65 days straight man was something <laughs> so what is as far as like production goes because i what i don't think some people realize if you know if they're listening and they're wanting to start a podcast i always push for video heavily just because you can chop it up into millions of pieces of content people can get to know you um but uh -huh. as far as like the actual like uh, you, you kind of talked about the equipment you used. Um, but what about like the actual editing process? Because the, for people who haven't seen your podcast, I mean, it's two cinematographers, uh, <laughs> talking or doing a video podcast. So it looked awesome. Yeah. So, okay. I'll, I'll give you a rundown of like, how, like the equipment used and how we set it up. So basically we both had a a7s3 camera we both had the sennheiser mk4 digital so what we did is because what we wanted to do is and if you see it the over and out show on youtube you can go and check any of the <laughs> 85 <laughs> odd videos that are on there uh and you'll see what we've done is we've we've split the screen so we wanted it to look like we were in the same room together so what we did is we were on the phone and we were literally adjusting tables and tripods like with a tape measure and, you know, figuring out how we, cause we were using the same lens as well. So we were figuring, figuring out how far away everything was and what angles it was. So we, we could have it look as, as similar as we could in each other's respective rooms. And then, you know, Dylan would then record his side. He would then send it to me and then I would put it together. And because we wanted to keep it simple, we didn't edit anything. So it was like, boom, we start and then we just talk. And unless we said something that was really offensive and like questionable, we never cut anything, uh, which I, I don't think, I think that maybe happened like once. Um, we thought, oh, we probably best that doesn't go on the internet. And um, <laughs> yeah, which happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so then it was literally a question of topping and tailing it and then just syncing them together. But where the real magic happens, and I, I this is what kind of confused everyone, but also kind of got everyone quite excited about it was the, I knew that Dylan was on my, I, th I think he was, yeah, he was basically sitting on my left. So I would be 
positioned, always looking kind of my, to my left. And he would always be pushing a position kind of looking towards his right, to his right. So we would do stuff. And then because we don't really know what the other one's doing visually, we're kind of assuming we know, but we're also talking to them as if we were having a conversation. And there were a couple of episodes where we did something really like stupid, like we both had the same thing. So we pass it through to the other side and then the other person would take it. So, you know, that got really difficult really quick. So we only did that a few times, but the magic of it was that it all looked kind of like it was in the same room, but it was more our interaction between each other that I think really got everyone. Uh, for because uh, we got lots of questions about how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if you trying to accept, well, how did that go? Trying to well, hold on. First of all, would you say what you guys did was overkill for a video uh, podcast? <laughs> yeah, it's complete overkill. But to be honest, the main reason we wanted to do it is because no one else could do it. And we've not seen anyone else do it to that level. Now, the, 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 there are things that are coming out now, like I think it's Riverside or something. Yeah, Riverside.fm. River, River, uh, you may mm -hmm. have heard of it. Yep. Yeah. And I it's actually, I did a Zoom call with someone the other day, and that kind of lines you up already. So it's kind of taking away the pain that we had. Well, I say the pain, we did it for fun. There was no pain in it. So, but you're not going to get that kind of quality. So, and I actually know Riverside, I think it records your like on everyone's end so and then mm -hmm. uploads it. So you get the best quality from each person. Uh, but again, you unless you're using like a, a proper camera or a, and a proper microphone, you're not going to get that. And then you also have to be aware of how you're interacting with the two or three other people or whoever's on the call. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, you can do it that way now, but we did it our way so yeah. we were first i guess yeah. is it is it kind of is it kind of cool to know that nobody else was doing it like that and that you guys are the only you guys are the only ones to actually be able to put that together i i don't think we're the only ones to be able to do it um and i we might not even be the first people to do it the internet's a big place and then we may it is may but like you said i didn't so. I, I follow a lot of podcasters too and i i didn't see anything else like that and what people don't realize as well is like you're using professional cameras professional lenses professional mm -hmm. lighting and lighting is a whole skill in itself uh the, as far as the editing process goes how to say like some people just don't i don't think people realize that's why i asked you if it was overkill because people who are just starting are like uh, what I, the hell are these uh, people no, no, talking no. about <laughs> no it, it's it's so overkill i mean yeah. it's it, well what's interesting about it is and this is what kind of burns me about the internet uh looking at all social media platforms is uh the quality of footage like that doesn't actually mean anything really at the end of the day because if you've got a great podcast that yeah you're recording it through your iphone or you've just got really crappy equipment but it works and you're really engaging and you have a great like tombra on your voice and you just know how to tell a story it doesn't really matter so much what you're using because you get people that way so it's always like it depends where where your talent lies. And I think for us, it was overkill. And for most people, you'd never do it. You don't need to do it because if you're a good storyteller or whatever, or you, you have a good you have good content, you don't need to do it. Uh, so 
and I, I, yeah, I just think it's it was total a total overkill, and it's not necessary, really. Um, it does look nice, but it's you know, like, and as I'm sure you're going to ask me about why did we stop and all that kind of stuff. Or oh, we'll one get of the there. reasons was is that yeah. okay, yeah, we we'll get yeah. there in a minute, yeah, yeah. No, well, the reason in all also because I just want to just uh, finish up with the gear stuff. Did it burn you out mm. as a editor as well? Because I don't. Well, this is another hurdle I think people don't understand as well as when you're dealing with that type of footage, the file sizes are huge. Same with the audio. I'm sure they're wave files, which are giant as well. And then just the render times and the export times must have been insane unless you had a really powerful computer, which you need as well to be doing something like that. Um, uh, well, actually, it took us a few days probably to figure out what the best process was because mm. we were both shooting in 4k at the beginning oh. <laughs> which was just oh. like a ridiculous yeah <laughs> which was just like fill a up those hard drives yeah. fast man oh man i got about 500 gigs worth of our stuff you know so it's you know it's nuts um so dylan would then up i mean uh, the internet where we are is pretty fast so we'd heat up he'd uh export his then or he'd sync his audio and export it and then upload it for me and then I would download it. Uh, but we realized after a while doing it 4K is just not sustainable. So okay. what we were actually doing, we were um, actually giving way on a bit of quality and we went down to 1080 uh, just for purposes of speed um, yeah. because it was just ridiculous. And then the export is the export. Like, And what we do, because remember, we're not editing. Like, There's very little to edit within the thing it would be like intro uh then we had this intro title card thing then we just let it run and then we just add the title card on the end that's it and then I, all we had to do is line it up and one of the things we did have to do is we had to do a clap at the beginning of every uh or at the end of every episode because we were recording through the computer and using that audio there was no way to know where we started uh to line it up for the video so at the end, Dylan would put his headphones over the mic and I would clap. And then that's my sync point. So then that would sync everything backwards uh, from the end of the of both our clips. Because obviously I'd hear my clip and then I'd hear my clip through his headphones through the microphone. <laughs> if you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so contrived. <laughs> but like, that's what we did. And sometimes like one of like a battery would one run out on his camera and then we'd have to restart not restart we just he'd go oh it's turned off and then we'd have to kind of cut there but then we'd lost the sync point so then I'm, there's several episodes where everything's just slightly out because i couldn't quite get it right yeah so it's like we're talking milliseconds yeah but like dylan would say but something and i'm just i just hold a little longer than i would normally uh you know so yeah. it is what it is <laughs> did that ever but, yeah that, like... it's, a, it's a big edit process but i was um, gonna say did that did you... oh go ahead now, I was gonna say it's, it's a big editing process, but I think I think what you're trying to get to is that I know what I'm doing. Like I've been editing for uh, many years, <laughs> you know, 2009, 2010, and problem solving is what a lot of us do. You know, that's how editing works. That's the main, I'd say, the the main thing about editing is how how do you fix this problem? How do you get around this? How do you make it work? because we both edit and we both shoot you know we were working together to try and get that process you get the highest quality in the fastest amount of time because well after a while we realized it's it's quite hard work doing it every day 
And then as things started to open up and we started doing more stuff, doing the podcast again was was difficult. Yeah. Even, and even for us pros. <laughs> and did you did you guys ever get did you guys ever take turns editing and everything, or was that solely on you? And if it was on you, did you burn out at all on the post production process? No. No, I basically Dylan did most of the he did all the socially media types socially media that's not even a thing <laughs> he did all the, he did all the social media side and most of the promotion and he did all the branding because he's like a graphic designer and does you know that kind of stuff so that was his side of, of doing stuff and he'd make little short clips of what i'd sent to make uh funny things for instagram and he would deal with all the youtube stuff like up uh, i'd upload and then he'd do all the descriptions and all that kind of thing so it was like a a split load but uh, i guess if if i were to say i i, I guess i'm a faster uh, and i'm putting the the bunny ears up here mm -hmm. better editor um but then you know he was he was doing all this other stuff so it, it was just how it was split really it's actually a perfect little partnership going on if you're doing the editing and he's doing the social part that way you really don't get burned out um but you guys did it you said 86 episodes over the course of what almost yeah. almost a year or just about a year total it must have been about a year because we yeah. did season one, two, and three. Because I think we had a break uh, after about 65 episodes and then went back in again yeah. for a little while. And then we stopped again and then we did some more. Um, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't the second season two and three weren't as uh, we weren't as prolific, let's say. Mm -hmm. So I haven't coined the phrase yet, but the thing that keeps coming to my mind, and this is the problem that I see with a lot of podcasters, is the one-year curve, and it happened to me too. It's like you get, it's like you get your, you get all your footing in, you get all your episodes done, but then you realize, like, man, I'm putting in a lot of time, a lot of effort, and there's not much return on investment and a lot of people stop and i basically paused for a little bit as well and you guys paused for a little bit as well mm. yeah i mean i guess the, it's the thing was is that we did uh what 65 episodes in a row and it was born you know you got to remember what ours was born out of which is we had nothing else to do and we wanted to try something new because you know we i guess we used the pandemic as a as a good opportunity to do that um the the thing that came back was that uh you're right we, we just didn't get anywhere with it like no one cared and it's really hard to to carry on doing stuff uh when no one cares um and i think we kind of reached our peak in terms of the ability of what we could do so we got our process so far like well down we'd got our interaction like incredibly well uh all the branding was there you know everything was in place and we were just dare i say waiting for the uh for, you know for fame to <laughs> just appear um like it does and I, what we realized is that because me and him uh we generally talk a lot of nonsense and like you pick any episode, it's about something completely nonsensical. Uh, and it's nothing like the episode before or after. Uh, and that was, we think was the issue is that there was no real niche. So in, I think in season two, or maybe even halfway through the first season, uh, we tried to go right. And well, let's talk about video. 
but let's like add other stuff in it as well. And I think the trouble is, is that me and Dylan don't really like talking about video. Like we're not, we're not video geeks. It, ge- I use that term lightly, but you know, we talk about, we like talking about general crap, you know, and dealing with clients and that kind of stuff. And we're pretty brutal, like with each other and the way we talk about stuff. I mean, it's all in jest, but it's not for everyone, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it's it's a very hard thing to sell, I think. And so even though we try to rein it back and cut some of the swearing, because we were like, we were given these microphones by Sennheiser and they weren't even sharing it. <laughs> It was just like, why aren't you sharing it? And we never really found out. But like, so that's why we tried different stuff. And it just didn't really, you know, like you said, the ROI on it wasn't wasn't there. And I think if we had been picked up and the numbers were growing, um, then I think we would certainly have carried it on. And we do talk about now about how we could bring it back uh, in a way, maybe doing it once a week or once a month and that kind of thing. But we haven't really found a reason to do it to be honest so you know we've got other stuff going on no it's interesting because i talk about this a lot too is the power of why uh when you're at just in a podcast interview asking people why but like your why as well like why are you doing this and when i see people get into podcasting for like the money uh i'm just like ooh. Ooh, it's going to take a while, you know, because you've got to develop those skills. But it's also really cool to hear your story on how it like evolved. Like it started as one thing is like, oh, you guys are talking about phone calls or what you would talk about when you would talk to each other. And then it's like, okay, well, now we need to talk about video. It's like, well, we don't like to talk about video. Then it's client work. And it's kind of, if you follow James Wedmore at all, he has that fa- the famous saying, which you start with is, or what does he say? What you start with is not with which you end with or something like that. But that's why it takes like years, like with Joe Rogan. And I don't think a lot of people realize is he started his podcast at like 43 before mm-hmm. podcasting was really podcasting. And he didn't land that huge multi hundred million plus dollar deal until like 10 years later. Like it takes a long, long time. So it's like, you've got to really love it and just go through like the ebbs and flows. And, you know, especially for like businesses and stuff, I think it makes a lot of sense. Cause like a lot of value content, as you know, um, is really popular right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can either make go the educational route, the motivational route, or the entertaining route, or try and do all three. Like, you just got to keep testing and testing and testing. And that's that's what I see a lot of people do. And I'm just curious if you would be able to, do you think you will go back to the podcast for another season to give it another shot? Uh, like I said, I mean, it's just we, we need to have that reason because mm-hmm. the, the main, like I said, the main reason we did it was because we can mm-hmm. and we could and then we did and then yeah. no one cared. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so it's like, uh, and I think it's because we have other stuff going on as well. You know, we have families and, you know, we've got work to do and uh, I, you know, we do, like I said, we do talk about it, but we need to, we want to find the right things come back and the one that's sustainable as well. Because I think, you know, if you're going to get into podcasting and do that kind of stuff, then you need to do something that you, is easy to do and is, is no effort to you and is, uh, you, you know, and, um, 
yeah it's no effort and it's just like you get to do it and then you love doing it mm-hmm. and whether one person listens or whether you know 20 million people listen it should be the same and i think you're like you said if you're chasing the money for it or the views or the you know the the listens as it were the, the, the podcast then, uh, fame <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the podcast fame. It's just, I mean, you've got to remember there's so many people out there doing it and it's really hard to find an original idea that can be executed with consistency and quality over time, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't do it because I'm sure there are lots of people out there that, that podcast and they do about 10 episodes and all of a sudden, boom, you know, it happens for them, which again, but that's the same with everything. It's like, you know, when you're in a band and you happen to play a venue where that right record exec is in the place at the right time, you know, nothing's changed. It's all a lot of it's luck. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're looking at the, like making money out of it, well, it's, it's like everything you, you have to, you have to put in the work and you have to love what you do. And mm-hmm. there has to be a reason and a why otherwise it's, it really is just pointless. You will burn out. Have you thought you know, whether you go solo or do another season with your partner? Um, what I tell people is like with podcasts, especially with video and podcast interviews, kind of like this one, it kind of you can create unlimited pieces of content as well. So it almost like mm-hmm. showcases your expertise without having to do how-to content because i say it in a lot of my videos that if i have to do another how-to video i'm gonna like just smack my head up against the wall but this allows people like us to <laughs> showcase our expertise without having to do it have you thought about it from that perspective and just kind of going with it showcasing your expertise and just using it as like just multiple pieces of content like for this i mean it's a 30 40 minute interview and all you have to do is cut out the clips and then just put on the pieces of value and now you've got 10 out of this Mm. you know yeah um personally i i would you know i've always had in the deep uh recesses of my mind as a child and i've always wanted to do like radio djing or something like that which obviously podcasting is uh you know not far off that kind of thing and i know dylan's we've had talks about it and he wants to do I can't say too much about it because I don't know if he's going to do it, but he wants to do, um, he has an idea to do something which is like local to him uh, and get people in, like pe- local people involved and, and keep it like a video podcast. So it's different to what we were doing, but it's a bit more, um, you know, he's talking to different people. Uh, but one thing he always said, which I thought was really interesting, was that, you know, you got to think about doing a podcast is that you can't rely on other people all the time. And what he means by that is, you have to be able to sit there and do a 30 minute podcast on your own talking about whatever it is you're talking about and i think if you are struggling to do that then you need to question about what you're doing because if you have to bring people in to make your podcast good then i worry <laughs> for like your you know that could take even longer um because it's and i think that's where the talent lies to talk to yourself effectively for it sounds like a really easy thing to do uh but like to talk entertainingly or you know and that gives value or storytelling whatever it is for half an hour on your own i mean like james webmore like you mentioned he's really good i mean he can literally sit there and i've you know heard some of his it's like 20 minutes long 25 minutes long he's just talking webmore you know and it's Mm. just like wow you know he can he can just do that and i think that's a that's a good thing to learn that uh if you can talk like that and then you i think you'll do really well uh, and then you bring other people in to amplify what you're already good at uh and and use them 
you know, in a way to, to add more value. Personally, for me, I find that uh, I love the sound of my own voice and I love talking, but I don't know if I have it in me to do half an hour on my own of what I would deem to be interesting content. Uh, other people might find it, but it's just, for me, it's trying to collate all that together and and trying to give value. I think I would just, I mean, like with all things, you know, all creative stuff, you're just like, I want to do this. And then you go, right, what do I do? And you're like, ah, oh, blank page, crickets, you know? So uh, that's where I am. And I'm, I'm kind of, I, I find the video side a bit more interesting. Um, but then for me, doing like the physicality of doing a podcast would be so painfully easy but it's the where i guess stuck is the content and what would you do it about and how could i keep that topic going on for months on end years you know i so. do and dude i this is what i hate about zoom cutting me off at the damn 40 minute mark i got so many follow-up questions to answer that but the big takeaway so far is to basically uh use what you have don't go too crazy with production that's why even i i'm practicing what i preach doing this mm. all on zoom yeah we have professional audio but you know it's not too crazy and crap what were we just saying about oh you said you um uh, about being able to do a podcast on your own as well. Cause my show is heavily interviews just because that's what I love to do, but that's what I need to do as well as more solo episodes. Uh, is there any last piece of advice you would give somebody to starting a podcast? And yeah. Uh, I would just say, choose your topic wisely because yes, you can evolve. Yes, you can change. Um, but you really have to love what you're talking about. And I, I honestly believe you should be able to talk about what you want to talk about <laughs> to yourself. And I think once once you get past those hurdles, or at least, you know, every other episode or every three episodes you do one on your own, I think it's good practice. And I think it's good to um, to be able to do that, you know. And I think it shows real strong communication skills uh, to be able to do that. So I definitely think that is worth uh, pursuing in that in that way. So choose your topic wisely. Perfect. And real quick, where can we find you online before it cuts us off? Oh, <laughs> uh, you can say uh, at Ryan Say uh, on Instagram, Ryan Say on YouTube, and RyanSay.com. Right, now, you still do in, in websites. <laughs> yeah. And I'll put all that, just uh, all that info in the link below or the description below if you're on YouTube. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Cool. Cheers. I'll see you soon. <laughs>